Welcome to Bon Voyage, a travel podcast. This is a new podcast with a mission to talk about travel, especially how to do it safely, what things you should take into consideration to protect yourself, and what we've learned as travel agents, especially during this very uncertain time. Your hosts this week are Terry Dean. She's the owner and travel consultant for The Wishing Well in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Terry has more than 45 years of experience in the travel industry. You've been able to catch her weekly on early mornings on WSVA talking about great travel deals. And I'm Paul Helmuth. I have 10 years as a travel consultant and 30 years in emergency services. The last time we were with Terry, we were talking about travel insurance and traveling during the pandemic because it was a year ago and we were just in the midst of the start of the pandemic and the start of all these changes and the start of tons of canceled trips, canceled flights, canceled cruises, and what we had learned about with travel insurance. And as a travel agent, you always recommended travel insurance. I would recommend it in certain circumstances, but there were other circumstances I wouldn't necessarily say someone would need it, but all of that has kind of changed. And so we talked about that that last time of of what we learned. Now we are starting to enter the summer of 2021. Uh, We are almost to Memorial Day weekend. Uh, We're almost to the start of hurricane season, my favorite time of the year. (laughs) I always celebrate that. Um, But you're starting to see travel starting to open up. And in fact, CNN just this morning uh, released a news article about the skyrocketing prices to airline fees uh, because leisure travel is opening back up, but business travel hasn't started to open up yet. And that, that'll probably take a little bit because one is people found out they didn't need to do it. You know, if if you didn't need to fly to California, you could just do it over Zoom. How does that change now? It'll just save us the airfare because we can just do it over Zoom. But Terry Dean from The Wishing Well is here with me, and she has just come back from Costa Rica. Correct. How was, how was your first trip since the pandemic? Well, that was a packed opening, first of all. I know. I will say that my, the wheels in my head were spinning like a clock. Um, one of the things, yes, I did just get back from Costa Rica, but one of the things that was of paramount importance on this trip to Costa Rica is one of the requirements that that country in particular is enforcing. They are demanding that anybody who visits have purchased travel insurance and not just any travel insurance but it has to be an insurance that they will recognize and approve and that covers up to at least fifty thousand dollars worth of emergency medical assistance while you are in their country and you have to bring proof of that they also require that you fill out and have in your possession a health passport that produces a QR code. Something, Paul, that I think we're going to see a lot of other countries start going to because so many folks are able now, and we know this through the dark web and all that, that these vaccine cards can be reproduced so easily and illegally. So these QR codes and that kind of thing that we're filling out, the health passports, are actually your get into the country free card. Not only is that piece important, but 
I've had to look this week for travel to Aruba. I've had to look this week for travel to Alaska. Um, in the past two months, you've had to do Hawaii. And, and what the complications are is, as we're coming out of this pandemic, there are still requirements that people need to do. And, and it's different from country to country. It's different from state to state here in the U.S. In Hawaii is a good example. It may be different from island to island or county to county. It absolutely and is. Some of those things are changing extremely rapidly. And I'm going to give you an example just here in Virginia where we're at is back in the start of May, the governor had come out and said, we're going to make changes on May 15th and I'm going to give it a month. And then we're going to make another set of changes. And we started to approach the middle of the month. And all of a sudden he made a drastic change to go along with what the CDC was saying. But then he took his June 15th date and bumped it up to May 28th. And we're almost to May 28th. And and I've had people ask me this week, so what happens after May 28th? And my answer is, I don't know yet. We don't know. We we need to wait and see. And and we're only two days away. Some of these rules will change dramatically even just before you travel. Yep. So, and you know this. That's where we are in the travel industry right now. It's in the wait and see mode. Um, we've got cruise lines that have said we will hopefully be starting up service again by July. But that's we're going to wait and see. It hasn't started yet. So until that actually first ship sets sail, we don't know if it's going to really happen. We think so. Well, and, and I think, you know, the there is the Alaskan Tourism Act or whatever that just was voted on that would open up cruising to Alaska and allow people to go from Seattle to Alaska. While and, avoiding Canada. While avoiding Canada, of which course. you couldn't do before. That's right. Because there were limitations as to how you did those things. Yep. And I like the way you said that, Paul. Limitations. Limitations. You didn't say anything political. I did not. Good for you. So, um, <laughs> but... But when we still haven't, they haven't departed yet, but it allows them to start saying, okay, we're going to start setting some dates. Yep. Um, Royal Caribbean Cruise Line came out uh, in an article that I saw today and said, we've been given permission by the CDC to start some test cruising in June. That's right. So they can see how that goes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if I can try <laughs> to find some letters <laughs> to help me with that. Um, but you're going to start to see some of these dates go out in I'm not going to sit here. I agree with you 100%. Until that ship leaves, mm-hmm. leaves you never the port. leaves the port. You never know what's going to happen because th- if if all of a sudden we have a huge spike in cases and this new variant comes out that we don't know about, called I don't know, we'll call it the Fiji variant. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, things may change, but it it at least gets the cruise industry moving in the right direction. And I've spent several hours over the past week or two watching. Um, these different cruise lines videos on how they're making cruising safe and the amount of effort, even though they know they're starting at the end of the pandemic, the amount of effort that they're doing to make the cruising industry safe. I don't know if people ever realize this, but the cruising industry was known for disease at times prior to the pandemic. And I think it's been compared to a Petri dish. Right. It has. You know, I, I wasn't going to say it's that. It's been a very but. offensive comment as far as the cruise lines were concerned. But a lot of the people who had been on cruises before knew exactly where that came from. That's right. Well, and the other side of that is for people who it was their first time on a cruise ship, they may not have understood. Why is there hand sanitizer at the entrance to the main dining room every right. time? Or 
on Royal Caribbean in front of Windjammers. Why is there? The reason is is because they know that that's where there there can be a lot of spread, and if people would just wash their hands, as we've learned during this pandemic, it takes care of that. Some of the steps some of these cruise, line, cruise lines have done has been just amazing and will keep some of those other things from occurring and make cruising an extremely healthy t- way of travel because of those extra things that they're not putting in place. Well, uh, interestingly enough, you talk about healthy cruising. Celebrity Cruise Line just unveiled a video today of their wellness cruise, which is their brand new baby called Beyond. For all those Peloton bike fans. Exactly. They have Peloton bikes on there. Exactly. And yoga stretchers. Uh, a doggy dog facing up. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I, I don't. I think it's down dog. Down facing down, dog. Downward facing I, dog. I, I, That's I, it. You're right. I, I, but, but, but I will tell you, I can't. Right. But I watched it and I thought, you know, here's my concern um, because we are trying to socially distance all of these wellness opportunities that are brought on board the ship do require some sort of socialization while you're doing them. The yoga, the stretching, the uh, the biking, uh, all of the fast biking exercises and that kind of thing. So it's going to be interesting to see how these cruise ships handle the, the world, the new world of travel in a pandemic uh, kind of climate. It, it will be. But going back to what we originally started talking about is is make sure when you go on those trips you know what's the requirements and and you may need that's the benefit of working with a travel agent is the travel agent will check hopefully before you go and say hey these are the things that you need to do um, or here's the things that you know you need to make sure in place it wasn't uncommon before the pandemic that you could get a passport in four to six weeks well now that's being pushed to 11 weeks and you know they, they've always advertised it could take up to 12 weeks, but now they're stretching that. That 12 weeks is getting pretty close, that if you need that for your trip, and I know there's plenty of places where when you were leaving from a U.S. port and you were coming back to a U.S. port, you didn't need a passport. And my argument always was, but if I get sick in the Bahamas, I want to be able to come home. That's right. So I want exactly. my passport so with me. So you need your passport. So you need your passport. Right. So make sure you know what those are. Now, you went to Costa Rica. Yes. You you booked the trip. F- I'm assuming you used a travel agent to book your trip to Costa Rica. Pretty you good pr- one. Yeah, because you probably used yourself, if I had to guess. Um, in in planning this trip to Costa Rica, other than knowing what the requirements were to get in, such as the travel insurance and all that, what else did you find going on an international trip that you needed to yeah, do? Yeah, so great question. Number one, Paul, the first thing that I did uh, extensively was a lot of research about Costa Rica. What was their pandemic climate right now? I wanted to know that. I wanted to know what their uh, response to the COVID virus had been. And was I going to be safe? Because I was taking my daughter. I wanted to make sure that not only I was going to be safe, but people that I took with me. Um, The interesting thing that I observed, I did fly locally uh, and flew through Atlanta. So that was my first connection city. It was in Atlanta where the final documents that you had to have, the health passports, were being checked by Delta Airlines at the airport. And let me tell you, I observed a handful of people, I'd say probably five, who were very disappointed the day that I was leaving Atlanta going to Liberia. That's the airport I went into. They were denied boarding 
because apparently they had booked on an online travel site, which will be nameless. It was probably several different ones, if you want to know the truth, but none of them had the proper documentation to make this international trip. Since my trip to Costa Rica, I have also been in the planning stages for several of my other clients going internationally. That prep time that you spend investigating what's necessary for documentation for any and all countries that you go into, better be prepared to know they're not all the same. This is not a consistent pattern right now. They're not all doing the same thing. They're not all accepting the same kinds of documents. They're not even accepting the same kinds of COVID tests. Some say antigen tests are okay. Others say only PCR. So you have to know what what you're doing before you decide to visit. Well, and and to piggyback on that, I said I'd looked up Aruba, uh, and it was actually yesterday that I went through. And if you go to Aruba's website, they're very specific about you need to have a molecular PCR test. Here's the brand. Now, if you're planning your trip two to three months out, it's actually not that bad because Aruba has a partnership with JetBlue, who has a partnership with a... Um, laboratory that they will let you do one at home and as long as you're doing their process you can do it fairly easily. Aruba also has a process where you can get tested in Aruba at their airport but it's going to cost you money. Now I'm not going to sit here and say it's outlandish. The prices weren't bad. It was $75 for a uh, test that would take they say on average six to eight hours and it was $150 for a rapid test. But do you really want to fly all the way to Aruba not knowing whether you're positive or not, and then finding out you are, and now what right. do you do? So Exactly you know, the problem for a lot of international destinations right now. So I called all over Harrisonburg. And you know what? Not a single place in Harrisonburg. I called seven different doctor's offices and test locations. Now, there, may, there was one that I did not call that may have been able to do it. But the other seven, which included doctor's offices, the hospital, um, uh, urgent care centers, none of them provided the right test in the amount of time it needed to be done in mm-hmm. because we had only a 48-hour window. So normally you have 72, and in this case we would have had 72, and it would have probably been okay. But the problem is is the um, client wasn't coming in until 48 hours before their trip. Right. So that really narrowed the windows. And, and I happened to find a place just outside of Dulles Airport that has decided they're going to specialize in providing tests for international travelers, which was great because they had the exact same test I needed, but you pay for the expediency that you need the test. If you're willing to wait 48 hours, there's one fee. If you need it within 24 hours, it's another fee. If you need it right now, it's a third fee. But you know what? In all honesty, if you were a traveler who... All of a sudden, you were told tomorrow, we need you to fly to England tomorrow. And you had to have a PCR test. You can call them, make an appointment. And it's, there's a fee to it, but you can do it. Yeah. But you need to make sure you know, because when I was reading Aruba, even my own doctor's office, the antigen test my doctor's office does was on the no list. No, we will not accept that test. So you have to make sure you know what those tests are. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that has to be part of the preparation time in taking a trip anymore, is building in the test time and the results time that need to come in prior to your trip. Um, The other thing that I found um, 
very convenient was that the property that I stayed on while I was in Costa Rica, as are most other properties uh, across our country right now and, and in other countries, they're providing free COVID tests. And the good news about that is it's not just a free test. Oh, but it's the wrong one. They know which one their country requires. So the test that you're taking is going to be accepted when you go back to the airport and get ready to fly back to the U.S. Well, and the U.S. has specific tests that they allow to come back. And most, almost all of those resorts know what does the U.S. allow so you can come home. Sure. They know you don't want to be stranded there. They yeah. know you don't want to have a bad experience there. They're going to know what yep. tests you need to be able to come back. I want to stress the importance of if you are traveling, make sure you are vaccinated. It's important. We, what we don't want to do is, is, is travel people that are non-vaccinated and perhaps take something into another country where these vaccines are not readily available. We learned that while we were in Costa Rica is that they have not been able to get their hands on vaccines as quickly and with the luxury that we've had in this country. Uh, as a matter of fact, they were only vaccinating people that were 50 and above and those that were in compromised health situations already. So traveling with a vaccination is so critical, so important. And in many cases, as we move forward through this, it's going to become a requirement for travel. The CDC has made some really strong guidance, and to me, the importance of being vaccinated. If you are unvaccinated and you're going to go traveling, they require that, you know, hey, you really need to get tested before you go on your trip. You know, and it's 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 a requirement. You need to get tested while you're on your trip and you need to get tested when you get back and you need to quarantine when you come back. If you're fully vaccinated, the only right. thing you're really required to do is you if you're flying internationally, you need to get a test uh, between your flight and 72 hours beforehand um, to rule out you didn't catch COVID while you're down there. The vaccine is not 100 percent guarantee, right. but but it helps greatly in helping you avoid getting it. So the only requirement is, is, hey, you have to get a test before you come back. But once you get back, you don't have to get tested. Once you get back, you don't have to quarantine. If you're not able to work from home and your employer says, if you're not at work, you got to use vacation leave, that saves you seven to 10 days. And that's a lot of time because if I'm going for seven days, I don't want to use, you know, a whole other week of vacation when I get back. That's right. To, to do your laundry. That's right. That's a, that's a, I may need that amount of time to do my laundry. <laughs> Making sure that that's the importance of getting that vaccine. Yeah. So. And, and Paul, one of the things I want to stress here to folks is that while all this sounds uh, kind of imposing, on people and, and the way that they normally have learned to enjoy vacations, which are stress-free. This may add a level of concern, but it shouldn't stress you out if you have somebody to help walk you through this process, if you have a dependable professional travel agent like you and I to help people navigate this process. It doesn't have to be stressful because here's what I want to tell you about my trip to Costa Rica. It was still fun. It was still one of the best things I did for myself emotionally and physically was to get back out there. And that's what we all want to do anyway. We want to get back out there. We want to enjoy this great, big, beautiful world that we live in. But following some guidelines is just part of what we have to do now. It's kind of like getting up and brushing your teeth. 
you have to do it. It's not pleasant, but you got to do it. Um, there's some things in life that are always going to be unpleasant, but in order to get to the end goal, we have to do that. We have to start with that. Well, and to remind people, maybe especially on the cruise industry side, why some of these cruise lines are going to these extra extents. It's been a long time, but if you remember, where was the one of the very first outbreaks outside of China? And it was on a cruise line. It sure and, was. And, you know, the amount of headache that that cruise line went through and then all of the headaches that occurred over the next several months until all of the cruise ships were able to dock. I mean, there were cruise ships just circling the ocean saying, can we land right. somewhere? Right. We need to anchor. And it was like, can't anchor here. You right. can't anchor here. So they're making all of these strides so that they don't have that issue moving forward. And they're trying to be extra safe. And and in watching it, you know, they're taking those steps like they should. Yep. And you're exactly right. Is is You know what? Some of this is going to be the way travel will be for the next yep. little bit. And I, I like to say you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. So it means that you have to do things a little bit differently. And it was actually comforting to me while I was in Costa Rica, Paul, to see the number of sanitization stations that were in the airports, uh, in the hotel where I stayed, which happened to be an all-inclusive hotel. And just outside, when we visited some other areas that were off airport grounds and did excursions, they also provided sanitization in their travel, um, the, the transportation vehicles that we used, and uh, wore masks and socially distanced while we were. So it was, it's very comforting to see some consistency to these rules, even outside of our own country. Well, and, and I think it's important you know, to know that t- when you see those things, you can feel that, hey, they are doing the things to keep me safe because they they want you to be safe. They want you to come back. They want you, they want to get your business. And, and that's the important part of it. You know, we, we see these different stories, but even before the pandemic of issues in resorts, resorts were often off the first to respond to the issues of violence in the area of, hey, we've got we're safe here on the resort property as long as you're at the resort because they want you to come. Right. We, we talked about going to the airport and the planning. How were your flights? How, were, you, were your flights comfortable? You know, what Our was it like? flights were comfortable, but they were packed. They were packed. And I will tell you that the airline personnel did a phenomenal job of enforcing the mask rule. Uh, They made sure and they walked around the planes quite often, even if people were sleeping and had their masks just under their nose. You know how some people do that? Well, that was a no-no. So there were some uh, very hostile flight attendants who didn't appreciate when your mask fell under your nose. And my daughter, you know, Morgan, is a special needs person and doesn't always do the best job. They even enforced that with her. No, no, ma'am, you're going to pull that mask up over your nose. So I appreciate that because now everybody's on the same playing field. You know, we're, we're not making exceptions along the way because somebody doesn't want to or doesn't feel like it. Those rules are being enforced across the board. And now we have a more level, as I said, a more level playing field. How was entry then into Costa Rica once you got there? Yep. So um, we went through customs and immigration, just like you would imagine, going through any international destination. Um, And it was, I think it was with ease. I would say we had our right QR codes that they were looking for. We had current passports. 
We answered the questions correctly about why we were in their country, and I will tell you they were happy to see us. Um, I want to address a question, though, that you didn't ask me yet, uh, and that is why wouldn't people want to travel internationally right now? And there is an answer for that. It's because not everything is open. You see, we've been really fortunate here in the United States. Our government has trickled money in back into our capital um, finances into this country with businesses and put money in individuals' pockets. But that hasn't occurred in every country. So while we have had the unfortunate uh, sightings of businesses that were closed down. They're few and far between, thankfully, locally here in our area. But in the other country that we visited, Costa Rica, it's almost every other door is a closed business because of the pandemic. So why wouldn't you want to go right now, even though you can? Things aren't back open yet. Um, so you're going to see that unless you're staying on the, the facility, the property where you're going, you're going to see a lot of businesses aren't open and can't meet your um, level of curiosity. They can't, they can't open their doors to you because they closed during the pandemic. Something for people to realize in, in dealing with the pandemic, I heard a lot of people say, I can't believe we've been locked down like this for this long. Here locally and, or here in the U.S., there was an article written um, actually last fall that talked about comparing the U.S. lockdown to European countries' lockdown. The U.S. at its peak was probably only at a 40% lockdown. Think about your grocery stores and things like that. Whereas in European countries, it was as hard as 90, 92, 96% locked down. Much higher percentage of lockdown to the point I had uh, someone talking about being in Greece and having to text a phone number when they would walk out their door to walk their dog. You know, we weren't walk we were right. not locked down to that level. We don't know what that's like. We don't know what that's like. And so, until I saw it for myself in Costa Rica, the closed doors and remember, the number one source of income to Costa Rica is tourism. Agriculture is number two, and they were robbed on both sides of that line. So we saw the effects of what that economic downturn has done in Costa Rica. And it's not pretty. You know, it's not pretty. It is interesting. And I, I, no matter what happens when I travel, I always benefit from what I see. But that might be a reason why people may not want to go right now overseas is because other countries haven't been as fortunate as we are. With the entry into Costa Rica, what, what were you required to show when you walked in to Costa Rica specifically. I think you said you landed at Liberia we Airport. Did. Mm -hmm. We landed in Liberia, and we were required to show our the equivalent of our health passport. That is the information that says, yes, we've been vaccinated. Um, yes, we have taken the extra steps to fill out what we needed to and, and report our health situation electronically, which produced a QR code. Now, a lot of people can put that on their smartphones and feel perfectly comfortable. I want to let you know that folks that are probably in a more mature audience are going to feel better printing those out. They would accept either. But it was a requirement to get in. And then you, of course, had to get from the airport to the hotel, 
was transportation any different than what you would normally expect? No, not really. I mean, that that went pretty much um, seamlessly as it has done before. The uh, Amstar folks were there in Costa Rica and were met us at the airport and took us directly over to our hotel. So that wasn't a problem at all. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about your hotel experience, Great. things you saw up there in Costa Rica, and then your trip back. All right. So stay with us. We've talked about everything up to getting to the hotel. You did transportation from the airport to the hotel. You said for the most part, it was about the same. How was the check-in process and arrival at the hotel? It was very smooth. Um, Still, you know, masks are worn. There's plexiglass uh, up at the check-in counters, as you might expect. Um, One of the things that struck me on the ride from the airport to the hotel was the natural topography of Costa Rica. It's beautiful, as you can probably imagine, and not as commercialized, not nearly as commercialized as some places that also house all-inclusive properties like Punta Cana, uh, Cancun, and the Riviera Maya. This is a country that is still in its very natural, beautiful state. So you see a lot of that. It's a volcanic uh, country. And so it has, uh, we saw, at least three volcanoes. And I think the country in total has more than 12 volcanoes. And it has over 12 different climates. Um, so that you can see just about everything. They have a, a, a dry forest, and they have the rainforest, and they have a cloud forest, and then they have the beach areas. So you also can experience two different oceans while you're in Costa Rica, the Pacific, which we did, and then you have the Caribbean Ocean, uh, which we also saw while we were up in the rainforest. Costa Rica obviously has a lot for you to do, and I've heard people just swear about the beauty of the country in and of itself. What things were you able to do or that you did do while you were there from the hotel? One of the things that I really wanted to make sure that I did was, A, see the volcanoes. Wanted to do that because that's the foundation of that country. It's always good to know where a country came from. Where did they rise up from? Uh, and there are still literally, literally, yeah, and there are still some active volcanoes there today. But I wanted to also see one of their natural uh, national parks, and so we did. We spent a day uh, on the rivers of Palo Verde, and we saw tons of wildlife. Paul, it was amazing. We saw the howler monkeys. We saw the white-faced spider monkeys. Lots of crocodiles, and right now it's kind of spring for them, so the crocodiles were actually hatching, uh, and we saw some of the babies on the banks, and we also saw the predatory birds that come and actually help reduce the population of the crocodiles if they can catch them before they hatch out. Um, so we saw a variety of wildlife, some that I'd never seen before in my life, sloths, Uh, That was a highlight for my daughter. So uh, it was a wonderful, natural experience to be out there with the wildlife and especially hear the howler monkeys. 
I'm a huge fan of the sloth. The reason is is to watch a sloth move as Not slow much. as they do is really impressive. We'd never get through a podcast, Paul, <laughs> if we moved like the sloth. That is true. For people who've seen any of, uh, many of my social media accounts, you will see me holding Sid the sloth. Let's talk about the resort. What did you find at the resort that they had? You talked about the plexiglass when you checked in. Mm-hmm. What about room service, like the cleaning and things like that, while you were there versus what you expected or what you would normally expect? Was it different? Um, so I will have to say in the property that we stayed in, um, I'm going to say there were several different levels of properties that we saw. The property that we stayed in, I'm going to say, was very family-friendly. And therefore, its service catered to families. I would say it was clean. I wouldn't say it was spotless. The highlights of this property, and it was the Rio Guadacaste, it shares the same property with the Rio Palace. The Rio Palace is probably a step above the Rio Guadacaste. The reason that most people would choose this property is because it's got a water park. And for a lot of people where an all-inclusive and a water park are, that's a family-friendly hotel. And it was. The food was family-friendly in that there was a large variety of it, and there was plenty of it. It was served buffet style, but with a modified approach to buffet. What do I mean by that? Well, there was plexiglass over all of the buffets, as you can imagine, and there were masked, gloved servers at each and every station. You did not get your own food. You pointed and they filled your plate. Um, That's how you received your food. And you never took the same plate back. Of course, you left that, a server would pick that up, and you could replenish, but you got a new plate every time you went up to the buffet. Um, I would say the Rio Guadacosta and the Rio properties, great properties, very friendly properties, great service, but definitely a family-friendly property. The drinks there were flowing, they were plentiful, but we did see a lot of families. Um, The other properties that we saw while we were there were the Secrets. I would say that's more, that is a a adults-only property. And it's built in really to the topography and the natural surroundings of the Costa Rican area. So if you're walking around that property and you have any kind of mobility issues, you're going to have a bit of a problem. I would say this is for a more fit crowd. Probably honeymooners would love the Secrets property in Costa Rica. Um, But it would be a bit challenging for people who have maybe perhaps uh, special needs or mobility issues. The other property that we saw um, was the um, Rio Celeste Hideaway Hotel. This had to be, Paul, my very favorite property of all while we were there. It's up in the rainforest area. It was probably about an hour and a half from the Rio Guadacaste area. So be prepared anywhere you go in Costa Rica to spend some time in a vehicle because everything is so spread out. You don't get anywhere in 30 minutes. It just doesn't happen. And with that, there's only a couple airports into Costa Rica. That's right. And so your your access in is very limited, too. And that's for access to the whole country. There's either Liberia, which services really the Guanacaste area, the more touristy area, I'd say, of Costa Rica, and then there's San Jose. 
um, and that's more serves more of the inland area of Costa Rica and the Arnold volcano area. Um, but the last property, as I mentioned before, this is where luxury happens. This is uh, it's geared to families and adults and people of discriminating taste. I'd say has a wonderful spa, a great chef on site. We were we had the great fortune of having lunch there prepared by the chef, and this is not an ordinary meal. This was authentically Costa Rican food, uh, made with the highest standards. Uh, the rooms there are all canopied beds. There's outdoor showers that accompany a very luxurious bathroom to start with, very spa-like. Uh, this was the place you want to stay. And and you talked about the eco-friendliness of this hotel yes. when you described it to me. So much so that they don't even produce a brochure for their property. It is only online that they have any information about this hotel at all. No paper. And the hotel itself was built from all of the wood that they garnered by just making room for this hotel. So all of the wood and everything that they took off the property, they recycled it and built the hotel. Thinking about your stay, and and you were there just a few days, correct? Mm -hmm. Four days. All right. So thinking about your stay there, as people are looking at traveling, what's probably the biggest takeaway you would take from your stay in and of itself? That's that's a hard question because every trip I take, um, no matter where it is, if it's to Las Vegas, if it's um, to a beach somewhere, I, I'm always looking through the lens of my travelers, Paul, when I travel. The, the biggest takeaway for me was the people. And, and I actually uh, talked with one of our tour guides, um, Javier, who was just a, the greatest guy. He took us through Palo Verde, the national park. And I, I indicated to him that we talk sometimes on the radio about travel with a local radio station. And I said, what do you think the Costa Rican people would want me to say? And he said, I think they would want you to tell your listeners that we're friendly and that Costa Rica is safe regardless of what you've heard. He said, I think you'd, they would, we would want you to tell them that we're ready for them to come back and that we've missed them. In watching some of the videos of the places getting ready, the islands, and, and for instance, uh, you have the islands that cruise lines have that are private just to the cruise lines. Specifically, I'm thinking of like Norwegians. Norwegian's island is, in essence, was uninhabited. But the staff for that island, people may not realize, actually are the residents of the island next door. And it's about an island of a population of 700 people. And their whole income was lost yeah. in the cruise industry. And, yeah. and they spent watching the amount of effort they did to make this island safe for the guests to come back because you're exactly right. We missed them. We want them to come back. They're a part of our lives. They're a part yeah. of our livelihood, not only for the income, but their day-to-day interactions and all of that. And everyone's been gone for 15 months. Think about, you know, we're in a city here of about 55,000 people. Imagine being on an island of 700 and you normally get on average, probably 2,000 people a day, right? they're gone. Yeah, They've been gone for a year. 
And a very honest observation I made, Paul, you may understand what I'm talking about when I say this. I noticed that the Costa Rican people, they're so friendly, they're so warm, they're very non-confrontational people. Um, So you, you immediately see that. But this time for me, when I traveled, unlike any other travel experience I've had, I felt their brokenness. And I think you know what I'm talking about I when do. I say that. Um, they, they gave their all, but there was an underlying brokenness and even a standoffishness, if that makes sense, because um, everybody's experienced the same thing. We've all gone through this. We, we, we've all been out here together. That's what we've all said, and that's cliche. But we haven't all been in the same boat. Um, and the Costa Rican people shared their hearts, their warmth, but though they didn't mean to, they also shared their sadness. And it was kind of neat to be in that with them, kind of cheering for them. And even knowing that my presence there as a tourist made a difference for them. We've talked about the hotels and, and you've talked about the food and the places you visited. Something people need to realize is you need to get a test before you go to the airport. So how far before you went to the airport did you get that COVID-19 yes, test? Yes, so it's, it's mandatory that you have the test not more than, that's the big deal, yep. not more than 72 hours prior to your re-entry into the United States. So since I was only there four days, 72 hours, that's three days. So immediately when we arrived, we made our appointment for the very next day so that we could just do it and get it over with. You could have done it the day before you left as well, but the key is not more than three days before. So we just, when we checked in, uh, the check-in help was so friendly and so accommodating. We just said, hey, can we make our appointment right now? And they took care of everything for us, had us all set up. Uh, we got the alerts on our phones, on our smartphones when it was time to go. We went and had our test, and it was seamless. Very good. And then, of course, you did your checkout process, did the transportation back to your hotel. The one thing I, I want to talk about just briefly, and I don't know if you experienced this or not, when places talk about enhanced cleaning during COVID-19. It may not be what you think. And I think I mentioned this the last time uh, we did this podcast, or actually I may have talked about it on the local radio station, is enhanced cleaning means they are going extra above and beyond before you check in and after you check out. What happens while you're there may be a little bit different than what you're used to because they're trying to decrease the exposure you have to their staff and their staff have to you. So they may not come in and do as thorough of a job in between because they don't want to be in your room and and spread anything by accident. Just remember that enhanced cleaning in and of itself may not be exactly what you think it is, but they're doing an extremely thorough job at many, many of these resorts across the world. And remember this. I go back to my saying, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. And enhanced cleaning in the United States means one thing. When you travel internationally, Paul, that means something very different. They don't have necessarily the progressive cleaning efforts even instituted that we have in this country. And so... What we noticed was the enhanced cleaning didn't necessarily mean what it does here 
in the United States. It wasn't until we got to the more privately owned hotels like the uh, Rio Celeste hideaway that I talked to you about where beds are stripped every day, towels are stripped out of the rooms every day, whether you use them or not, they're stripped out of the rooms. Um, and those kinds of things I call enhanced cleaning, where the room is completely sprayed down with a disinfectant uh, in the aftermath. And, and uh, Ryu, Guadacaste and Palace Hotel, they do all that as well. But I just want to stress that enhanced cleaning may not necessarily mean internationally what it means here. There's well, a difference. One of my favorite places that I have ever visited was the Grand Roatan in just north of Honduras. It's it's a Honduran island, 35 miles north of Honduras. And I have told people up front, you know, you look at the pictures online, it's an amazing resort. The island and all of the other resorts around it are amazing. If you go off the resorts... It is a third world country, and it looks like a third world country. So you have to realize, and, and I spent two days exploring the country. We went into town. We went to their the locals' coffee shop. We went to the locals' grocery store. Um, we talked to them. We explored the island for a couple days out of the nine we were there because we wanted to see what the island was like. And you have to realize it is not the same as being on resort property. No, I love my resort. I love yeah. my staff. But you can ask the staff there. I probably spent most of my evenings sitting with the staff, talking to them about what they do and yeah. all of this, because I wanted to learn about their country. Yep. And you know you and I can sit here and talk about rough natural terrain, and we know what a lot of people think of, but it's not until you go into places like Honduras, like volcanic countries like Costa Rica, that you fully understand and grasp the concept of what a rough hike is all about. And you, you want to make sure that you've got the right kind of wear, the garb that you're going to take on these trips, if you're going to experience this the way it's meant to be. So no open toe sandals and that kind of thing. You, you, you almost need hiking boots or at the very least tennis shoes. And I'll tell you, most of Costa Rica, sadly, I want to say this to folks who are listening to us who might need ADA compliant uh, conditions for when they travel. Costa Rica is probably not for you unless you are willing and ready to stay right on site, right on property where things are a little bit more controlled. Out in the open air, out in Costa Rica, in the rainforests and that kind of thing, you're not going to see paved walkways. You're not going to see guardrails. You're not going to see the lifts and that kind of thing that you may necessarily need or a place for wheelchairs to go. It's just not like that. Well, and I, and I think back to the Grand Roatan, which you look at the pictures and it's a beautiful resort. But to get to my room, I had to take a dirt road Exactly. You know, 200 yards. Exactly. So, so the room you was go, beautiful. The, the building was beautiful, but it was a dirt road to get yeah. to the room. What? No golf cart? Right. No, no golf cart. No, there was a golf cart that showed up when I checked out. There's my butler. <laughs> but, you know, you have to, you realize that that's part of, that's part of what that, that they are, is they're taking what is a third world country and building these amazing resorts on them. 
but they still have some limitations of what they can do. Um, you're talking about cement roads, not asphalt roads like exactly. we normally have. You know, you're talking about Pot shanties holes. and potholes and, and <laughs> yeah. cows in the road exactly. and, and pigs running wild everywhere and chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so no, it's it's just a very different experience. I would I would never trade those experiences I had with um, the people. Yeah. For anything, they no, were just amazing. I, I wouldn't either. And people who know me, Paul, know I'm not a a, a ruffian. You know, uh, no, she you know. she probably had to buy <laughs> boots if she was going to go hiking because she doesn't have hiking you know, shoes. R- roughing it to me is like a Holiday Inn, right? You know? <laughs> but this was a whole different experience. But one, quite frankly, and surprisingly, even to myself, I appreciated. I I loved it. I, I loved the idea that seeing this country meant seeing it the way they live in it and that to me was the most impressive part of the experience was that I didn't mind I didn't mind Um, and I know that there would be people who would and that that would be very off-putting and probably if I suggested Costa Rica to them and they follow the Kardashians every week they're probably not going to appreciate Costa Rica but um, I did it was great how about coming back? Was there anything different that you experienced coming back than you've experienced before when related to travel? Or was it very similar to your flight down to Costa Rica? Let me just say we were prepared, okay? We had the right documents, meaning that very important uh, results test of our COVID test to get back into the United States. And yes, they check at the airport to see if you got that. Uh, and it has to be uploaded properly and you have to send it to the airlines and you need some help with that. I mean, remember this, I was doing this for the first time too. You know, I've never traveled internationally where I had to upload a virus test before I could come back home. This was new for me too. So I can tell you it wasn't seamless, but it wasn't difficult because I already knew going in what to expect, but I had not done it before. So I was a newbie too, and learning like everybody else. But I'm glad I was a travel agent and at least had that background to sort of help me walk through the logistics of that. Otherwise, it could have been daunting. Looking back then at your trip from start to finish, is there anything we haven't touched on that you think is important for travelers to know when traveling? You know, I I think, Paul, the, the... The best advice I could give anybody who's traveling and taking their feet, electing to move their feet off of the U.S. soil, don't expect things to be like they are at home. They're not. And in fact, they probably never will be again. Travel has changed, and I think the face of what travel may look like has changed permanently. There's always going to be something that we need to be careful about. We don't need to be fearful of it, but we do need to be, take the proper precautions. We need to prepare more than we did before. Uh, but travel is still one of the most amazing things that you can gift yourself or anybody else. It's, it's the best. I have the best job in the world. I think some of that is important, especially as we come out of the pandemic. A lot of people have been cooped up either intentionally or based on rules and regulations for so long, people want to go out. They want to experience, and I think that's great. But it's important to know 
you know, one, be patient because everyone is relearning everything of that they're course. doing. Of course, good whether, point. Whether you're going on a cruise, whether you're going on an airline, whether you're going to a resort here in the U.S., everything is an adjustment. Here in Virginia and in Harrisonburg, you know, we are going through these changes to allow more flexibility and more freedom for people. There are times that I've walked into stores just today. I've walked into two stores today, and I looked around and said, I'm positive I see more people wearing masks today than what I saw two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. In talking to people, they've told me some of this change is uncomfortable right now because we're still going through this. We're still coming out of it. We know there's still some issues. Yeah. And we're still learning what the rules are. For those people who don't know, part of my job over the last 15 months was to try and read the rules from both the state and the federal government and figure out how do they apply to different businesses. And every time I read them, I find a new nuance that I didn't read it that way before. Just be patient with people as we go through this. But I think it is, we're at a time where you can start to experience some of these trips that you couldn't for the last 15 months. And if you did a bunch of international traveling before and you're like, you know, I'm not sure I'm ready to do that yet. You know what? That's okay too. But you know what? There's a lot of experiences you can have locally. There's a lot of experiences you can have within the U.S. Oh, without a doubt. There's plenty of opportunities. You know, reach out to your travel agents and talk to them about, hey, you know, what what is available to me based on what I'm currently comfortable doing. Well, Terry, we are coming to the end of the show for this week. How can people contact you if they need help planning their vacation? I'm so glad you asked. They can find us at the Wishing Well. We are located at 243 Neff Avenue inside the Valley Center in Harrisonburg, Virginia. They can phone us at 540-908-2333. Find us on the web at thewishingwell.biz. Terry, I want to thank you for spending time with me this week. If you want to email Terry, she's at info at thewishingwell.biz. You can also email me. I'm paul at thewishingwell.biz. Thank you for joining us. And remember to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, bon voyage.